What is up? Hello and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. And believe it or not, this is our last podcast of 2022. I hope you had a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. If you're celebrating Kwanzaa, I hope you're enjoying that as we speak. And I hope you all have a happy new year. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half of this dynamic duo. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Make sure you follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and BucksNation.com. Check out that site every day as well. And now to the man who I hope had the happiest of happy birthdays. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmart810. He is the one, the only, the Lynn Martez. What's up, man? Ready for a new year, ready for a new football team. No, not so much the whole team, but I'm ready for some new stuff. 2023, I'm coming through with the new stuff. Well, Lynn, we're going to get to it in a little bit. But man, if I would have told you at the beginning of this season that a Week 17 showdown with the Carolina Panthers would have been the most important game of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season, yeah, I wouldn't have believed myself if I told myself that. Not even a month ago would I have believed that oh but but you were the only person that thought that the Panthers would make the playoffs though so I mean you would Mm. you would you would think you would think that you would you would have thought that this game would matter not in a season where Baker Mayfield completely flamed out got released and is on the Los Angeles Rams and they traded Tristan Christian McCaffrey did I see that happen and Matt Rule got fired mid-season did I see that happening no and and still one game away from the top of the division you mentioned all those things that we usually take just think about that right think about those three things you trade your starting quarterback or you cut him you trade your number one offensive weapon one of the best offensive weapons in the NFL and you fire your head coach yet your team is one game away from the top of the division, and and <laughs> this weekend, if they win, we'll be in first place. Well, Lynn, the reason why they are still one game out of the division lead is because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Arizona Cardinals on Christmas in overtime, but man, for the first 55 minutes of that game, it was abysmal. Len, I'm just going to leave it to you like, give it to you like this. Like, what's your take on what the Buccaneers put on the field on Christmas night in Arizona? You don't, look, you want to end this podcast right now? Because it is simple. <laughs> Why would we think anything else? You were pretty confident that they were going to win. Did you think it was going to be that difficult for okay, them? Okay, no, I didn't think it would be that difficult. But I wasn't surprised by how how abysmal, as you mentioned, they looked. I'll use your word, or as uninspired as they looked. They've been un- uninspired all season long, dude. Okay, we went through last week in regards to the bad football teams they've lost to. All right, I did say last week that the last three games, including this one, the one that was just played. Matters a whole lot more than those other uninspired performances against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and against Carolina in Carolina. You would think these last three, including Christmas night, matters more because of 
where we're at in the season. But I wasn't surprised about, about how badly this team played. Here's the thing, dude. What's scary is that you have teams like the Arizona Cardinals who are on their third-string quarterback, all right? No Kyler Murray, no Colt McCoy. So, McSorley. Like, like, that's all I got to say, like McSorley. I know his first name, but all I'm going to say is McSorley because nobody knows. His first name doesn't matter because they barely know his last name, okay? First NFL start he's on Christmas your, night. He's leading your team. So you know what the Cardinals shouldn't do? They shouldn't be able to run the football, dude. Yet they gained 120 rushing yards, 121 rushing yards on Sunday night, Christmas night. Averaging four yards a pop, 4.5 yards a pop. You know what that does to your offense for a rookie quarterback his first career start? <laughs> it makes it a lot easier to be able to play as opposed to stuffing the run and making that guy beat you. Making that guy beat you. But you couldn't do that. You allowed a team that is starting, again, a guy who we know strictly as Mick Sorley because his first name don't damn matter, to be able to function with that, off, with that offense. I know they scored six, th- six, 16 points, but remember, they had a 10-point lead. But do, you not think, do you not think that the Bucks' defense played well for the most part? Because it was 6-6 going to fourth quarter. You gave 121 rushing yards, dude. That, that, that guy should have been chasing the chains. He should have been running behind the chains. Never, never mind. Oh, we're playing football behind the chains. Hell no. They, they, should, have been, they should have been chasing the chains. You should have saw, you should have gone, second and 13, third and 11. How the hell did they run for 120 plus rushing do, do you think that the Bucks? The Bucks' lack of ability still to cash in on the offensive side and score touchdowns kind of allowed them to do that, where it was still a, a six to six game. Whereas, I mean, the Bucks had chances where they sh- probably should have been up in this football game and they could have forced him to throw a little bit more. Or was it a defensive game planning thing? Should the Bucks have game planned more to stop the run? Because they're obviously going to need to do that this Sunday against Carolina. Okay. I'm going. I'm going step by step here. I'm. T- I'm. I'm on the defense right now. I'll get to the offense. <laughs> I'll get to the offense. But as far as the defense is concerned, okay, don't tell me what the other side of other side of, uh, of of the ball is doing. Don't tell me that because whether it's the 120 rushing yards they gave up to the Cardinals, or whether it's the one. I don't know, the 180 they gave up to the Panthers in week seven, the last time they played the Panthers. All right. They scored three points in that game. You want to attack the offense? Okay, attack the offense. But damn, you gave up 100. Like I said, you gave up 100 rushing yards, nearly the two dudes. All right. Two guys that ran for 320 last week. All right. The Panthers just whipped up on Detroit, who was, who was, you know, you can one of the hotter teams in the league. Smoke and mirrors with, with that with that statement as far as the hottest teams in the league. Because check who they played. Number one, number two, they ain't never had a defense. I don't care what anybody says. 
They they ain't played defenses. Oh, since. that's 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 factual. It was just they were outscoring people. Oh, that's that's, what that's was happening. And, and like I said, smoke and mirrors. No, nah, okay. Bottom line for the Carolina Panthers is although Detroit's as bad as they are defensively, what they did was gain 320 rushing yards, average seven yards a pop, and then also throw the football for 250 yards. Dude, that hasn't been done in almost a decade where an NFL team had 320 rushing yards and 250 passing yards. That's the offense that you play on, uh, on Sunday. And I'm not telling you that the Panthers are, are juggernaut offensively. I'm not saying that. But if you can't stop the Cardinals, <laughs> that's what you're faced with. Okay? You can't stop the Cardinals who had Mick Sorley. They had. And that's Mick, just his last name. His name isn't Mick Sorley. They had McFly. Okay? McFly started for them on Sunday and Christmas night. And they ran the football successfully against the Bucks. So you can imagine what the Panthers are thinking, who just put up 570 total yards against Detroit. I'm not telling you that the Panthers are great. I'm telling you, you should not be giving up that much to the Cardinals with their third-string rookie quarterback starting the first time in the NFL. Okay? You coming out Christmas night. You should be inspired. You played four quarters of uninspired football or, or three and three-thirds quarters of uninspired football. You do. You understand they were losing by 10 points to that team in the fourth quarter? Yep. And, <laughs> and, and you mentioned, and you mentioned oh, Mick Sorley, who had his team up by 10 points in the fourth quarter against, against the Bucks. Carolina or Arizona thinks so little of them that they're going to David Blau this week. Mick Sorley's not even starting for them again this week. So, yeah, it, even though it shows up on the win column, it, that's to me, that was just – that was a game where you needed to get momentum. You needed to look good going into these last two divisional games, and it was the exact opposite of that. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're part of Bucks Nation, we are the nation of domination. And you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking, what's the big deal? They only gave up 121 rushing yards. Dig deeper, man. Dig deeper. Dig deeper in regards to the fact that it shouldn't have been a threat passing-wise. So your focus should have been stopping James Conner and the run. All right? You also got to think deeper in terms of this. They allowed 189 rushing yards to the Browns. All right? Week 12 when they lost in Cleveland. They allowed 209 rushing yards to the Niners. All right? Levi Stadium. Brock Purdy. Okay? And then they allowed, again, that 121 last week. You know what that's telling you? That now can this team not run the football, and I'll get to the offense, but they can't stop the run either. All right? Those three teams, think about it. Jacoby Brissett, Brock Purdy, and Marty McSorley, three guys, okay, that ain't exactly in the running for the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. But yet you, meaning the Bucks, couldn't stop their running game. Why? Because you were scared they were going to pass it on you? Come on, man. Let's move to the offensive side of the ball. 
for the majority of the game on Sunday night, Mike Evans was nowhere to be seen. I put out a tweet. I said, you might as well just start forcing the ball to Mike Evans. He's best receiver on this on this football team, and him not getting his targets is, is kind of ridiculous. Brady throws two picks. Who is he targeting on those throws? Mike Evans. What's going on with the Brady to Evans connection right now? You should be asking why is he having so much success throwing the ball to Russell Gage and not Mike Evans. <laughs> I look, I, I can't explain it. There, put it this way, and I and and I'm 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 saying this tongue in cheek. Tom should probably wait till near the end of games to throw to Mike Evans because he was six for six, six, 69 passing yards in OT, and you got. How many, how many games did they win in the fourth quarter and over in an overtime this this year where all of a sudden he's out there and Tom's out there and whether it's overthrowing a guy, underthrowing a guy, the offensive line not doing what they're supposed to do. So although he doesn't get sacked and oh who he he hasn't got sacked and he hasn't got sacked in ten straight games. Yeah, you want to know why? Because he's chucking and ducking. That's why. Want to brag to me about him not getting sacked? Yeah, because he's got one of the quickest releases in the NFL. Because he's getting rid of the football because he ain't trying to get a. He knows his offensive line. All right, he's the guy that said three years ago when he first came, he told him, "Just give me two point seven seconds, I'll find a receiver." They can't even do that, dude. So he got to get rid of rid of it sooner. I understand the line is banged up, but again. For whatever reason it is, first three quarters, he's looking for Mike. It ain't working. So maybe he should look for Mike. And again, I say this slightly tongue-in-cheek. Maybe he should look for Mike later in the games. Because all of a sudden, later in the games, when the pressure's on and they got to score and have that comeback like they've done multiple times this year, they all of a sudden find their offense, find their play call, find their ability to give that guy some extra time so he can find receivers. I just think there have been times you look at quarterbacks, all right? Their favorite targets, man, they got them. There's no denying it. And you look at a guy like Godwin where he has had multiple, 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 multiple games where he's had at least five catches. Not targets, catches, okay? Mike, Mike. I don't know for whatever reason, not having that same connection that Tom has with Chris Godwin. And I joked about the Russell Gage thing. The thing about Russell Gage is, is that unlike the other two guys, hey, look, teams in the NFL, they may not have, you know, a guy, as far as the DB is concerned, to stop a guy that's as talented as Gage. I'm not telling you he's a number two in this league. But he's better than most number three DBs in this league, and he's proven that the last half of the season when he's been healthy. Should the Bucks go more up tempo, no huddle type stuff earlier in games? No disrespect to the question, but I'm tired. I'm I'm I'm, t- I'm tired of like trying to find answers for 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 a team that has as much talent as as it has weapon wise to figure out what they should do play calling wise. We should be there already, man. 
And when I say we, I, I'm talking about people watching these games, wondering, they did it on Sunday night, man. Second quarter. Second quarter. Second and one. Fournette to the right. Third and one. Fournette to the right. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, I, I mean, you don't have to watch the game. You could have you could have called me, all right, and say, hey, Len, you're probably watching the game. But you know what? Turn it off. I'll tell you what's going on. This series of plays happens. They get nine yards on first down. And you tell me, hey, second and one. Oh, man, they're going to run it to the right. <laughs> Let it for that. They run it to the right. He gets stuck. Hey, Len, they didn't get any yards. It's third and one. Hey, you know what, Trey? Guess what? Same play call. We've watched it all year long. It's going four net to the right again. Sure enough, he gets stuck. All right? Series over. All right? They want to, J.J. Watt is busting out and he's having such a great game. Yeah, he had a couple of plays. Because you want to know why? Because he watched the same film we watched. <laughs> he knew where they were going. <laughs> and because Tristan Wirfs, man, like, good on him for playing, but that dude was nowhere near 100%. It doesn't matter. Okay? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Because if you're good enough, all right, in regards to watching enough film this year and knowing the tendencies of this football team, you got to think in terms of J.J. Watt. And thinking in terms of man, this place coming over my way. Yeah, they got they got problems on the left side. They can't run it to the left because because they got issues over there on the left side. They're gonna run behind words. They're gonna run behind a guy that they think they can get a yard for. And you know what? JJ was right, just like I was <laughs> in my hypothetical situation in regards to you telling me. Over the phone with my TV off, knowing what they were gonna do. I'm gonna ask. That, that's where we're at. So you 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 say to me, you know, should they go more up tempo? Man, I'm tired of man. I'm tired. Like I said, no disrespect to the question, but I'm tired. Of, I'm, I'm tired of diving deep into play calling. I would. What, 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 I mean, come on, man. It's it's freaking week. It's week seventeen. You should have these problems solved. It's one thing. When you have a roster problem, it's one thing. Dude, you still got play calling issues that we're going through. The same thing we're saying from week four to week five to where, or week seven, where we watched the one they last time they played Carolina. All right? Third and two. Pitch to the right. Get it off. Fourth and one, go for it. What do they do again? They go to the right. I mean, so again, I I can sit here and answer that question, but why? Just run back the last podcast or the one before that or the one before that or the one before that because we don't say the same crap about this team and their play calling. And we should not. We should not. When I say we, I'm talking about everybody that's not inside that building. We should not be discussing play calling this far into the season. They should have that, and I almost said the S word. They should have that crap by now. 
Yeah, man. Because you, because not you, but you, you asked that question, and I'm like, we should not be dealing with this crap. This week, this week on the air on WDAE, our friends over there, JC Allen. I ain't got no friends over there. None of y'all, my friends. Nobody. It's a new Montez in 2023. I'm just joking. I'm just of uh, JC Allen of Pewter Report called Byron Leftwich a lame duck. Is there any scenario where he's back as this offensive coordinator in 2023? Even though he'll obviously coach two games in 2023 next season. So you had you you had, you had a quote somebody from from the radio station to ask about the just, lame duck. He question? was he was officially called a lame duck by by another media source in Tampa Bay. That's that's where I was going with that. But like I said, I mean, like it, it's not it ain't breaking news, man. I told you last week, you know, I needed a breaking news sounder when I when I said when I said I predicted the Bucks to win on Christmas. Mugs almost made me a, a damn liar, but <laughs> you know, you don't have to have a breaking news sounder to ask or, or actually state, hey, you know, uh, J.C. Allen said that uh, name dropping. J.C. Allen said that uh, you know, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich is a lame duck offensive coordinator. Man, he's been he's been a lame duck since. Like I said, week five, week six, pick a week, pick a week, pick a week when they looked as as, as inefficient as they had. Okay, not only that, we man. <laughs> the only thing that changes, you know what changes? The opponents' uniforms and helmets. That's the only thing that changes, man. I'm being dead serious. Like things I'm saying, I've said before. And it's only because the re- results have been the same. It's not changing. All right? You ask about a lame duck offensive coordinator. This is a conversation we've been having. All right? I'm tired of that scene. You know what the scene is? Oh, you know, Buck's got a punt. And you know what the scene is? The scene is Cameron, Tom, Byron. Microsoft Surface in Tom's hand. And even last week, the play-by-play guy says, I would not want to be that Microsoft Surface because what have we seen? Some of them broken? Some of them tossed? Okay? That's the only thing that's good out out of that scene is that Microsoft Surface gets a plug. That is it. I mean, am I lying, Bucks Nation? We are the nation of domination. I'm not lying because you know it. You've watched it. When you watch those games, you know what's coming up, right? All right? Another, another three and out. So what do they do? Camera, Tom, Byron. Byron's head's down, looking at something, and Tom's got the Microsoft service in his hand. If I had a nickel every time that I almost said that's for again. If I had a nickel for every time <laughs> I watched I wish that I had crap. a nickel for every time you almost said the S word. You got 15 cents. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a nickel every time they showed that daggone freaking scene with Byron, almost coordinator, lamed up, and Tom, Tom Brady, with his Microsoft service in his hand. I wouldn't even have to do this podcast, man. I'd be, I'd be balling out. I, I mean, you know, uh, Bucks Nation, Bucks Nation podcast. You know, Downey and Martez would just be Downey, and I, you know, I wouldn't have to even make the 
the ballers money I'm making here doing this podcast. Baller. So we talked a lot about the offensive line all season long. We've, you know, speculated on Ryan Jensen and all of that. He's not playing this weekend, but it's finally an actual possibility to talk about a Ryan Jensen return since the Bucks placed him on the designated to return list. He has three weeks to return to practice and possibly return to the field and play for the Buccaneers. It could happen week 18. It could happen in the, in the playoffs. The Bucks obviously have to win on Sunday against Carolina for a Jensen return to even matter. But Lynn, how much would a Jensen return mean to this offense? Well, I don't expect him to play in the regular season. I would expect, unless the Atlanta game is a must win, I wouldn't expect to see him before the end of the regular season. I would expect him to play that wild card weekend if they win a division. Now, if you're asking me how much of a difference he can make, well, when it comes to them running the football, (laughs) he can't hurt. He can't hurt because as bad as I talked about the defense not being able to stop the run and three of the last five games where they've given up the amount of rushing yards they've given up, don't make me do it again. Please, Bucks Nation, we are the nation of domination. Play it back. You know the numbers. I gave them to you. But here's the thing, all right? They got 115, 115 rushing yards last week, all right? Fournette had the 70-plus yards and, and a career-high 90 yards catching the football. But that 115 rushing yards that they had, that's the first time. They've had over 100 rushing yards. Since when? One again, I guess? I don't even know. Think about that last that last impressive win. Seattle? Yep. God, six weeks, man. Yeah. Where they did not rush for over 100 yards, and they finally did it against the Cardinals. Right? So he can't hurt. He can't hurt. I mean, you can, you can think in terms of what Todd Bowles said in regards to he's not close, but he doesn't have to be to play and make a difference in my eyes. And as long as 12 is happy with him and having the center back, maybe that gives Tom a little bit extra too. But as badly as I talked about running the football and stopping the run, I mean, that's where you at, dude. Come on, man. You you can't be successful. I'm talking about the, just the regular season. You got to do one of two things. And right now the Bucs can't do either. Can't stop the run, can't run it. You know what that is, dude? That's a bad football team, dude. On Sunday at Raymond James Stadium, if you're asking me, if you ask any pundit, what's the key to the Bucks' victory? What should their game plan be to beat the Carolina Panthers? I think it's simple. I think you sell out to try and stop Foreman in that running game, and you force Sam Darnold to beat you and come take the division title. But as you said, they weren't able to do that against Arizona. 
Do you think that that will be the Bucks game plan, the Bucks defensive game plan going into Sunday? And how successful do you think Tampa Bay is going to be? They're a four-point favorite at home against the Panthers. I'm not. I'm not making prediction to win or win or loss, but I'll tell you this much: if they don't focus on stopping the run for a team that just rushed for almost seven five seven point five yards a carry against Detroit, then Carolina's going to rush for. I don't know, I'm not going to say 320, but the last time they played each other, they had a whole bunch of yards rushing the football with who at quarterback? P.J. Walker, okay? So you can talk about them selling out to stop the run. Maybe they didn't game plan in week seven at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte to stop the run. But to me, it doesn't matter. Because I just think they can't stop the run. Whether they sell out or not, dude. Come on, man. Think about it, man. I mean, I, seriously. If, if you say to me, well, they better sell out this week. Dude, you shouldn't have had to sell out to stop the daggone Cardinals. All right? Not to mention the fact that, okay, you want to sell out to stop the run? <laughs> Doubtful. Carlton Davis. Yep. Questionable. Antonio Winfield and Mike Edwards. All right. So you want to sell out to stop the run? Okay. Oh, okay. Remember the remember the last time, as much as I talk about PJ Walker. As badly as I talked about him, you know what he did week seven? He found DJ Moore a bunch of times behind that buck secondary. Where we were looking at each other like, who had him? Who had him? Who had him? Who had him? Nobody had him. Yeah, it's, I mean, the Bucks are towards the bottom half. They're mid-pack in terms of the amount of rushing yards they allow for the, the season. You mentioned they allowed 120 against Arizona. They allow 120 rushing yards a game, 120.3 a game this season. Well, for, uh, uh, for a head coach, that is is what? A defensive head coach. And a Bucks I, run defense who has been top five in the league since Bulls, had, Bulls took over as defensive coordinator, too. Let me ask you this. Where's 96? Because I know where 93 is. He's in Philadelphia. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm going back there. I'm going back to July. I'm going back to August. All right. Where the conversation was, are you going to miss a Dominican suit? And the answer was, hell yes. And I'm going to ask questions and answer. Did the Bucks miss a Dominican suit this year? Hell yes. All right. Beyond the numbers that you just mentioned, in regards to allowing the 120 plus rushing yards per game and the numbers that I mentioned, all right, the 170 plus they gave up in week seven to Carolina, the 200 plus they gave to gave up to Cleveland, all right, the 200 plus they gave up to the 49ers, all right, all those numbers, they missed 93 for what he did during the week and on Sundays. And holding those dudes accountable to play football the way it should be played, the way it was played 
the two years that he was here. I'll just say this about the outcome on Sunday. Absolutely nothing would surprise me. And that's shocking when you think Sam Darnold, of all people, could go in to Raymond James Stadium and beat Tom Brady with the playoffs on the line. And that would not be surprising. But that's where we are with this football team. And it's it's sad to think about, but I mean, that is where we are. I'm not predicting the Bucks to lose, but absolutely nothing would surprise me as far as what happens on, on Sunday afternoon. I'm not picking them again. I'm not picking them to lose, but I'm not picking them to win. Yeah. I'm going to pick them to win. I picked them last week to win, right? Which I usually don't do. I don't usually make those picks. But I, but I said, based off of the way things are going, week 16, 17, and 18, these games matter the most. And what was faced in front of them, a third-string quarterback, all right? Marty McSorley, all right? Third-string quarterback. This is your opportunity to say, we're going to go on a three-game winning streak. We're going to start playing our best football right now, all right? Be inspired to finish above 500. All right. And they threw that clunker out on Sunday night, Christmas night on national TV. Man. Hopefully we're talking about a division champion and a team that's looking forward to the playoffs with maybe some momentum. Like I said, who knows what we're going to see on Sunday and Ray J. Happy Uh, New Year. Merry New Year. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's what the Bucks need. Yeah, maybe okay. the Bucks just need yeah. the calendar year yeah. to change. Okay. Into twenty twenty three for things to uh, uh, good. To turn uh, uh, yeah, good. Yeah. It's all about the science now. It's all about astrology now and all that other crap. Come on, man. <laughs> what even is the year of twenty twenty three? I don't have time to look it up, but yeah. Um, you'll nerd out and do it later. You you'll nerd out and do it later. You'll you'll of course. Go the, the, the question the question we end the the second we end this, I'm gonna I'm gonna exactly. it. Nerd. Nerd Speaking of a, a nerdy way to end this podcast, the next time we talk to you, it'll nerd, be 2023. Nerd, nerd, Until nerd, next year. Nerd, 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 nerd. has been Len Martez. Nerd, Follow nerd, him on Twitter, nerd, at Elmar810. Check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis nerd, for the latest nerd, and greatest on your nerd, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nerd, you can follow me nerd, on Twitter, nerd, at TV Experience. Nerd, and nerd, until 2023, nerd, this nerd, has been Downey and Martez, nerd, a Bucks nerd, Nation nerd, podcast. Nerd.